0: Italian Wine Podcast. Cin-cin with Italian Wine People.
1: Hello, this is the Italian Wine Podcast with me, Monty Wooden. My guest today is Elena Pozzolini from Tenuta Sette Setticelli in the uh, Bulgari area of Tuscany. Correct?
0: Yes, correct.
1: Hi, Elena. So just tell us a little bit about the estate. Where is it? Because it seems to have vineyards in two different places and a little bit of the history of the estate.
0: Yes, so the property has been uh, uh, by from a family from North Italy, from Como, from uh, Famiglia Ratti. Erika Ratti, she fell in love for this place, which is uh, on the top of the hill in front of the historical vine So Sassicaia. Is uh, located in Monteverdi Marittimo because uh, the administrative boundary is, uh, is uh, Monteverdi and not uh, Bulgaria, But uh, we are very close to Bulgaria. So, as I told you before, very close to the Starkvigna Sassicaia. So, the property born up there at 400 meters in a very rocky soil. But because it was uh, tough to uh, to Make people understand our place. We decided to buy a property in Bulgaria. So, from 2018, we bought this property uh, on the bottom of the hill where shell is located. So, different condition, different soil, different altitude, but um, still um, a very interesting um, place to grow the vines. What
1: are the- Differences between the, the two areas that you have?
0: So, um, just to give you an idea, so, Bulgaria as you know, is a, a very small dock, uh, DOC, and uh, is almost uh, 1,200 hectares, and it's the only area where you uh, find uh, uh, Bordeaux varietals. And um, the kind of soil that you can find in this uh, area, obviously, I'm talking very generic uh, because every single vineyard has its own uh, variability. But uh, from a Bulgarese street, which is uh, the main street uh, where all the famous uh, wineries are located, uh, like uh, Lelaya, for example, below the street, going closer to the ocean, you find more sandy soil. From that street until the bottom of the hill, where we have the property that we bought, uh, is a mix between sand and clay and some limestone. And on the top of the hill, like Settecelli, is a very high percentage of uh, uh, clay and lots, lots of stone. Just to give you an idea, the historic Vigno Sassicaia is at uh, 380 meters And uh, has been called Sassicaia while uh, uh, because uh, while they were preparing uh, the vineyard, they found uh, a Sassicaia. Sasso means stones, so they found so many stones. That's uh, uh, the same profile that we have uh, in Sette So first of all, the difference is uh, the kind of soil. Then uh, the altitude, okay? Because the uh, the altitude uh, uh, the elevation uh, fantastic temperature change between night and day so the time of ripeness uh, even if the, we are talking about the same varietals uh, up to the hill is uh, slower and uh, that's uh, preserve aromas and uh, preserve acidity and you face uh, with the final uh, finding of the of the skin uh, uh, usually very late when the time when the the, the, the weather is cooler and, um, and plus, uh, the presence of the sea obviously helps uh, having a constant uh, breeze. Um, we are in Satticelli up to the hill, we, we are at uh, almost 10 kilometers. Uh, and, uh, and so you can feel the breeze uh, constantly and it helps a lot, especially because we are organic, so it helps a lot to get dry uh, leaves and grapes.
1: So, how long does your harvest normally take from start to finish? Then,
0: so we start uh, down in Bulgaria uh, with Merlot usually um, beginning of uh, September, and uh, we finish up uh, with the Cabernet Sauvignon, uh, sometimes Cabernet Franc, uh, mid uh, October.
1: You worked abroad a lot, um, like notably in Argentina, in California. You're very, very well travelled. What did you learn on your travels? that has helped you um, change things at uh, Settecelli?
0: To be honest, uh, what I learned first of all is a different approach to face the winemaking because I found the new world more open-minded and uh, characterized by experimentation. I remember when I was after university when uh, before I left uh, I did some experience in Tuscany and it was very common and usual to find a repeatable way to work and they used to say yeah we always work like this and everything was good so why I have to change you know and so I learned from my experience around the world a different attitude uh, obviously uh, every single experience had taught me something But right now, the seasons are so inconstant that it's hard uh, to apply what you learned the year before because uh, it can happen that uh, from a vintage to another, uh, your way to work uh, can be completely the opposite. Just to give you an example, uh, vintage 2014 and 2015 seems to be in two worlds completely different.
1: Fourteen and fifteen. why were they so different in a couple of words?
0: Yeah, in a couple of words, 2014 was... uh, a uh, very cold uh, uh, season and lots, lots, lots of rain. In July, just to give you an idea, every two days was raining. 2015, it was uh, very hot. So in August, even up to the hill, we reached 40 degrees Celsius, which is... Uh, Unusual and amazing. And what was worst was the average temperature was always around 32 for 15 days. It was like this in August, so it was very, very hot. And from 2015 on, I can say that every season are getting hotter, hotter, hotter. 2017 was completely dry. Hot and dry, lots of dry. So every year is a new story.
1: What do you do with your your vineyard teams? What have you changed in the vineyard because of climate change? For example, uh, pruning or soveshi, cover crops?
0: Yeah, so what we do is tough because you never know what you are going uh, to have, you know, like uh, it's a very unpredictable sometimes because uh, you don't know how could be the, the, the season. But for sure, what we are uh, doing right now is... Uh, We don't remove leaves uh, as we used to do. And if we have to do something like this, uh, we do with a very uh, big crew uh, because timing is the magic word to to do quality sometimes, you know, timing and the sensibility to do the right things in the right moment. So regarding Sovesh, we try to... so. We don't work with recipe, okay? And it's it's impossible to work with recipe. So what for us makes the difference is is to give to the vines and to the single parcel what they need. You see, sometimes uh, stupid, but it's not it's not like this. It's no you can watching the vines, you can see what they need. So what we do right now is uh, even for or uh, so uh, for manure for. Um, feeding for everything so we try to give uh, we try to to give them what they need and day by day we decided uh, how is uh, the season we try to give uh, what uh, they need and what is the best uh, things to do in the right moment
1: do you sow things like um, cereals like uh, orzo barley or clovers trifolio, things like that for cover crops
0: yeah for cover crops we use um Senape, quadrifoglio, uh, trifoglio incarnato. So it's a mix of seeds. For example, for Malbec, we have Malbec. And Malbec, uh, um, I used to work in Argentina. So I was um, expecting a different Malbec. Uh, We have a condition uh, completely different. uh, And uh, Malbec uh, in our area suffers the humidity and the rains uh, and the skin shows very thin. So we planted uh, barley because barley goes in competition, suck water goes in competition with the vines. So we try to find a natural way to obtain the best result. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't work, but not because there are many factors that you can control everything, obviously, but our goal obviously is to reach this.
1: Why do you sow trifolio clover, as a cover crop, Comiso Why do you use that?
0: We use that because uh, when he is important for the nitrogen and for the uh, to fix nitrogen uh, during some phase of uh, growing of the vines. So it depends. Uh, it depends. Uh, even sometimes how much we produce from the, the vines and we try to give them what they used to absorb the nutrient the year before okay so every year can be different and it's it's the part uh, funny and interesting of this job because you never do the same things you know you you try to adapt a different condition
1: i mean in terms of cover crops this will be the last one on cover crops but it's a very important thing particularly where you are um obviously with climate change getting organic matter into the soil to act like a sponge when it does rain. Is that important for you? And what do you sow for that? What kind of crops do you sow for that, cover crops?
0: Okay, so for sustenance organica, uh, so sometimes we use uh, manure. If we need that, uh, the sustenance organica is, uh, the organic part is uh, checking to the analysis of the soil. If we see that uh, the level is quite uh, low, we only use uh, ripe manure because it's important that it is ripe otherwise uh, what you will have uh, is uh, seeds from the animals that uh, they used to you know eat uh, and is is not what we want so we usually uh, take a very ripe manure and uh, but we don't do it every year because uh, sometimes it can be a problem because we force too much the the production and the vigorousness of the vines, and we don't want this. We want uh, everything's well balanced. So some some years we do only in the parts that we saw that they suffer a little bit and the shoots they didn't grow very strong as the other. So every year is different. We after harvest we do we check all the parcel and we decide what to do.
1: So just when Eleanor, just for everybody, when Eleanor says uh, ripe manure, what she means is manure that has been aged and isn't completely fresh, because if it's completely fresh, it will actually damage the vines. Okay. So you've had a very um, varied career. You've worked in, as I think we said, in Argentina and the United States. Um, what did you learn from those experiences that um, have helped you um, when you came back to Tuscany?
0: Yeah, so uh, obviously, um, when I was in Argentina, I did two harvests there, and one in Australia, and two in uh, California. So c- the climate uh, was completely different. Respect to here, Argentina is a desert, so if you don't irrigate, uh, uh, you need the water, you know, to have life. Uh, because sometimes it's tough to to grow the vineyard at that uh, condition, and so. I faced a very extreme climate uh, and uh, and consequently uh, the result of uh, the mast and the vines were with very high alcohol and low acidity. So I learned uh, how to treat uh, must and vine in this condition. Even as I told you before, I learned, uh, a a different approach uh, to face with the making because they don't have our history. So when I left uh, from Tuscany, I was a little bit too self-confident to know already everything because I I believed that the new world couldn't teach me nothing because I was coming from Tuscany, you know? And then I realized that uh, they were more open minded and they wanted to arrive they, they didn't they don't have that our same history but they wanted to do better 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 and they were uh, usually trying to do experimentation the i remember that one of my ex boss they used to say if you never know you will never if you never try you will never know you know if you're doing right or, or, um, or wrong so i i learned um, Mm, mainly, you know this uh, this uh, approach, and uh, obviously that. Uh, then my approach when I arrived in uh, came back in Tuscany, it, it was uh, more to be sensitive in the vineyard. I found that uh, vineyard is really uh, important. I always say that I can be. I cannot be a winemaker without uh, being the vineyard because uh, it's not uh, just a phrase, but uh, the wine you first do in the the vineyard. And so it's very important to give, you know, to the vineyard uh, what they need watching them. It seems simple, but if you watch the vineyard, you can know what is the best things to do and It's the same in the cellar, tasting the wine, especially while you're doing, you know, fermentation, you can understand uh, what is uh, the best things to do.
1: So I've got a question about entomology. Um, You really like entomology and you've done a lot of research on that, I know, through your career. Can you tell me um, what entomology is and why you're so fascinated by it?
0: After my degree, graduation, uh, I specialized in vineyard disease, uh, especially in the grapevine moth, which is uh, Tignoletta della Vise, and uh, in the math and disruption, which is confusione uh, Sessuale. So I spent uh, several years uh, um, around uh, vineyard, and um, and that field helped me a lot to understand better uh, the dynamic of uh, some disease. And uh, I understood... Uh, not only the bad eff- effect of uh, this uh, moth, uh, but I understood uh, even how many insects are in, useful and uh, we call it usili, so useful for, for a viticulture or for an ecosystem uh, because um, that's why I believe a lot in uh, the organic method uh, because uh, there is uh, a, the surrounding environment uh, uh, consists in uh, an ecosystem that uh, if you are uh, organic uh, you cannot alter and uh, it's very important because at the end uh, you find a balance between uh, good things and bad things. And so I understood from um, entomologists that uh, seriously is in a fascinating world uh, and um, many different factors that uh, at the end can bring a a balanced ecosystem.
1: Um, You're you're organic in the vineyard. Um, How about the winemaking? How easy is it to make? wines in the Bulgari area we think of it as a hot area with oaky wines what's your approach
0: so my my approach uh, to for my for winemaking is uh, i define a uh, very simple because uh, there are no rules and uh, there are no recipe mm, i can start uh, with um before the harvest time i usually buy with my colleague because they always uh, be around and uh, continent of sugar, level of sugar, acidity, pH. And I usually go through the tasting of the of the berries. Something that I learned in, uh, in Australia. And it was funny because um, uh, I learned that... Uh, Tasting a uh, berries, uh, you really can understand how it could be your wine. Obviously, when you taste a glass of wine, you have the alcohol, the acidity, you have uh, the tannins. Uh, but if you taste you between, uh, between a, a, a berry, you don't have the alcohol, but you have the water, the sugar, the tannin between the the skin, uh, the acidity, and so you can understand and feel that the the balance. So I started with uh, this approach. So, lots of tasting of berries. And that's uh, when you feel that everything uh, is uh, well balanced in your mouth, is the right time uh, of picking. No numbers. Numbers is just the numbers. But all the rest uh, is uh, what happened in a tank uh, during the fermentation. So, even in the cellar, it's quite simple. So, every day, There are no uh, rules about uh, how many punch down or pump over or oxygen. Obviously, we are very careful about uh, to feed in the right way the yeast. We use uh, indigenous yeast. And we did some trial with the commercialists, but uh, we don't want to standardize our production with uh, something commercial. You know, we feel that uh, obviously the the differences between the commercialists and indigenous are minimal, but uh, there are. And uh, you can feel it when you compare it. So we want to preserve these. Ceticelli is uh, surrounded by forest. There, is, uh, there are no produce around us. Uh, and so we don't have any, you know, influence. So we want to preserve these. A wine must talk about, uh, obviously, a grape, but must talk about a place. And then about uh, a vintage, because uh, it's impossible to do uh, the same wine every year. Season are completely changed, change, and every year are so different and constant. Uh, so it's important that the, the wine speak about uh, a, a vintage. So the, the the other reason that we don't work to work with the commercialists is because uh, most of all the times the commercialist uh, makes the fermentation, the, cine- the cinetic, the very fast, and uh, we don't want to make us uh, shorter the time of uh, maturation. We are making a a red wine, red wine. So it's a very important extraction, especially in the first uh, phase because uh, we don't have uh, the alcohol at the beginning and alcohol can be a strong uh, and uh, sometimes too strong extractor. So we want to control the extraction. And then everything is just tasting. So have uh, the sensibility to to so do the right thing in the right moment. And uh, as I told you before, every year is completely different. So you face with different wine. In the last uh, five years, I can say that uh, the season are getting hotter and hotter. And so sometimes it's, a fi- it's a very important. It's um, common to find uh, higher percentage of alcohol. So it's important that you have a tannins uh, and acidity uh, that can balance uh, the, the hotness of the alcohol. We are lucky because uh, the location and the kind of soil and the climate, the microclimate that we have in Satticelli helps a lot, uh, especially to preserve uh, the acidity and the aromas. So the presence of the sea because we are uh, ten kilometers away from the sea, it helps to have a, a constant breeze, and uh, the elevation creates a fantastic temperature change uh, uh, between night and day, and that's uh, good for for. Uh, to don't lose uh, the acidity. Acidity means uh, that when the young the wines are young, they're very close and tight. Uh, in fact, uh, we release the wines uh, later respect uh, all the other uh, winery of the area. But then uh, you know acidity gives lives to the wine. And so we want this from our wine. We want the elegance. We want the freshness. So I'm not saying that uh, our place is uh, better than the others. I'm just uh, talking about a specific place. And uh, I'm fascinated about this. I'm fascinated when the wine uh, you can uh, recognize uh, and you can uh, feel uh, where it comes from.
1: If you um, anybody wants to look at the estate's uh, website, um, there's some fantastic photography there that really gives you an idea of how sort of isolated this particular uh, estate is. Um, really, really good photography and a very good website. So, just let's talk about the individual wines, your red wine. So, tell us about Yantra. Uh, what is that made from?
0: So, Yantra is a, a wine a blend of Cabernet Sauvignon and Merlot, 64. And I don't like to call it uh, entry-level wine because we don't treat as entry-level wine. So there is no specific vineyard for Yantra. Mm-hmm. So the, the Merlot and the Cabernet that we like less goes in Yantra, but uh, we don't produce one grape more respect to the other. So we treat all the vineyard at the same level. Say high quality, and then it's just a choice. So what we like less goes in Yantra, what we like more goes in Indaco. And um, because uh, um, we parcel. A lot, uh, even uh, every single terrace that you can see from the website, uh, we parcel uh, uh, seaside, middle part, uh, uh, bush side, uh, just because this the berry you can feel the differences. And so we put uh, Yantra in an uh, old barrel just to keep separately this uh, uh, parcel. Then we have uh, Noi Quattro, which is not anymore on the top of the hill, but is inside the Bulgari DOC. And uh, is uh, a blend of uh, four varieties Cabernet Sauvignon, Merlot, Petit Verdon, Cabernet Franc, aged in barrels, uh, um, French barrels, for almost 15 months. And the percentage of new oak can be from 40 to 50% maximum. Then we have Indaco. Indaco, again, we are on the top of the hill, and it's a blend uh, of Malbec, Cabernet Sauvignon, and Merlot usually one-third, one-third, and one-third. We do an aging of barrel, in barrels uh, for almost 18 months. Uh, I say almost because uh, sometimes it can be 18, sometimes 19, sometimes 15. Uh, so we taste and we decide when to uh, remove uh, the wine from barrels. But we keep every every single parcel separately and then we blend it before bottling. And the Scipio, the last one, but not the least one, is a uh, Cabernet Franc 100%. So, Cabernet Franc is a very sensitive uh, variety, so need, uh, especially in the final uh, part of the ripening, a climate not extremely hot, not extremely cold. And only in that condition, we can get the perfect ripeness of the skin. Otherwise, what we extract is... uh, Two green herbaceous aroma, which is not uh, typical of Cabernet Franc, but you can feel it when it's a little bit unripe. So, in the last year, we can make it every year, but uh, since uh, b- before 2013, it was uh, tough uh, to make it every year. So, we usually make only in the best vintages.
1: Just explain who, if it's the Shipio that I'm thinking of that occurs in the Italian canto, the Italian national anthem, is that the same Shipio?
0: Scipione l'Africano, yes. He was a, a, a famous Roman military general and a statesman who defeated Hannibal at the final battle of uh, the Second uh, Punic War. Yes, it's Scipione l'Africano.
1: I'm impressed that you've got all that to memory.
0: Ambrosio, uh, the owner, is, he was a, a fanatic of history and that's why he decided to choose this name, uh, his mother was already passed away, so he had to choose a name. And so, in that period, he was studying battles, and so he was uh, very fascinated about this uh, general Roman. And so that's why he called uh, Shibio. Indigo, which is my favorite, uh, is uh, indigo means uh, blue indigo, and uh, probably from the website you can see, but uh, is the main color you can see from the property uh, during the sunset. So it's quite beautiful because all around become the blue indigo. So it's amazing. That's why Sette Shelley, it seems to, obviously you are on the top of the hill, but it seems to be many layers of so different blue. It seems to be at seven, you know, seven skies, seven heaven.
1: Okay. So um, final question, what are your main markets for your for your wines?
0: Yeah, so in uh, in Italy, uh, our distributor is uh, Pellegrini Vini, uh, but um, we export our wine, uh, for example, in Switzerland with Borlak, in England, Swig uh, uh, is our importer, in Belgium uh, at Bibendum and uh, Wilson Daniel in USA, which is uh, quite big, and then we have a smaller uh, distributors. Uh, in Japan or in other small um, countries. Um, but you can find even uh, our wine um, online in uh, the shop of uh, our website.
1: One final, this is the final, final question, I promise you. Is it, if I got this right, that some of your vineyards are planted at 9,300 vines per hectare? Yes. Who had that idea and why, why such a high vine density? That's like double... Uh, normal for Tuscany.
0: I believe so. Who who planted the, the vineyard was Kurtaz um, uh, from Gruppo um, Masura. So to be honest, the new plantation I because the, the nine thousand three hundred plants per hectare means one point eight meters between the rows and sixty centimeters between vines, which is for me too narrow. So the new plantation I I put the vines at 80 centimeters because you can control and manage better the development and the trim, and the trimming. So 6 centimeters I, I had to change the system of uh, pruning because when I arrived we had a double cordon spur which is uh, crazy. And so I turned uh, the here there arriving uh, one cordon spur then uh, in uh, alberello until arrive uh, just uh, every year until arrive to gullo with double spur just because uh, it was important to don't lose uh, this space from uh, the testa di salice from the, the the head of uh, the vine you know so having two uh, spur it was uh, i was i'm able every year to stay to find a new cane for the guillo yeah so in front of a vine i can explain better My <laughs> computer is a little bit tougher but so so i can say the 60 centimeters is a little bit uh, too narrow so but the idea of high density is just because you know uh, when you watch uh, a, a tree what you see outside uh, you find uh, underground uh, uh, of roots, okay? So if you put uh, one vine next to the other, the roots, they start to uh, fight the space. And so it's a natural way to control the development of the shoots. Uh, I believe that uh, there is always a right measure of everything. You know, we have a lot of clay. And so sometimes uh, with narrow rows, uh, it can be dangerous and you can make a lot of damage because uh, especially when you do sprays, uh, you can uh, sleep uh, with uh, with the boat and uh, make damage. That's why we decided to keep to spore, to always have a chance uh, for the next year, you know
1: i mean it's quite brave of you to do that to make that change i mean that's a big uh, it's a big change from for the vines
0: i'm, I'm not sure that uh, is the right answer because at the end you have too many butts okay so for example two years ago we start to cutting the butts because of what happened that uh, at the end you absorb too many energy from the vines so obviously in march you do the first selection of the little green green shoot but still, you absorb some energy. So we decided to cut part of the bud, especially the first three that you don't use because they are too narrow and too attached to one each other. So you can't produce uh, uh, from that. It doesn't make sense, you know. But sometimes when you arrive at that period, time is the point. So you 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 don't have the time for do, to do this. So we did an experimental last year with um, just with the uh, um, Three is called palmetta, I don't know in English. It's palmetta is like a tree, like an alberello, but in spalliera.
1: Okay, so it's um, a bush vine that's treated, that's trained like a, a cane prune vine.
0: So in this way, you control the number of, of buds and uh, you still use the space that you have. So every year, you know, is a a bet and you need to do some experimental. Sometimes it's the right choice, sometimes not. But uh, it's the funny part of this job uh, is even this, because you never get bored. Sometimes too stressed, but uh, I mean, I love my job.
1: Yeah, you seem pretty relaxed. Just one final question in terms of the changes that you made in the vineyard. What changes did you see? In the nel mosto in the in the juice when you were fermenting the wines were the numbers different in terms of ph acidity and uh, and sugar levels
0: so um, not in uh, pH so and acidity because it's something that uh, we still not understand how how can it be possible that we have so high acidity? We try to produce more uh, respect to produce less, uh, but acidity and pH is something that sometimes is is it's really high and aggressive. Just to give you an idea, 2015 uh, that I told you before was uh, very hot in the in uh, August. and uh, the first time in Sateli we reach fifteen degrees. Of alcohol, which is the uh, first time in our life, even that uh, I was uh, unable to understand the tannins during the the final part of the fermentation due the high the, the the level of high high acidity. So the first time in my life that I had to count how many days uh, the the mass was in maturation because it was impossible to feel tannins for how. Strong was the acidity. So for acidity and pH is a different story, but uh, uh, changing the kind of uh, pruning uh, and so numbers uh, of uh, bud and cluster, obviously you have a different result in the kind of uh, uh, ripening and uh, especially in the tannins. So they, they, um, you have a more fining tannins uh, and more uh, uh, at the end, more elegant, you know, because uh, you don't uh, have uh, aggressive or green uh, tannins. So this is uh, the main difference that uh, I found. Uh, and obviously, when you can manage uh, uh, in more space uh, and in a better way, the the shoots and the, all the plants, uh, you have a better irradiation uh, from the sun uh, and, uh, you you um, you have a, a better exposure you have the the, the wind uh, and everything can go through better and so at the end it uh, helps a lot so for the final uh, ripening for the ripe healthiness of uh, the grapes
1: brilliant okay um very very interesting and um you know it's very brave of you to make that change but it seems to have paid off well done you for doing that and for having the bravery to do that and um, for changing the wines as well so uh, I just want to say thanks to my guest today, Elena Pozzolini of Tenuta Settecelli in um, the Tuscan coast. It's been a fascinating to talk to you and um, we hope to see you soon. Thank you so much.
0: Thank you so much uh, for uh, for talking with me and uh, I hope to see you in Settecelli.
1: Uh, in yeah, you're not, I'm in uh, Multacino, so I'm not too far away from you, so I'll come and see you. Okay. I can't wait.